Welcome to Real Dog Talk with Perfectly Imperfect Pups. Real dogs, real people with real talk and Yeti in the background barking. Enough, Yeti. He's just saying hello. Today, our drink of choice is Bailey's and Coffee because it's a rainy, yucky day. I know that's a repeat of drinks, but whatever. It's my favorite. Uh, today, we have Christina Serafino. She is a foster with Pips, um, and she took a special needs foster that she had no experience with. And that's kind of what we're talking about today is kind of the overlooked dogs with adopting, fostering, um, and taking in those underdogs. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Christina. So I, I think, what am I, like my 15-month anniversary or something with Pips? <laughs> um, Woohoo! Yeah. Um, so I've actually been here in Raleigh for 17 years now. Originally grew up in New England, as many of us did here in the rescue. Yep. Um, but came down here for college, never went back, and have always, always, always loved animals. Almost went to vet school, but... Worked at a vet in high school, and my heart couldn't take it. And I was it's like, you know, I, I don't know. There's still a few things that kind of stick in my mind. So, but, um, but yeah, graduated, moved to Raleigh, and I've been a realtor for the past, it'll be 10 years this year. Wow, I didn't realize yeah. it was that long. Yeah. Do you work yeah. for yourself? I do. Yep. What's your I'm, company? I'm with Compass, but my company is Serafino Properties at Compass. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I... You know, I I thought about being a realtor at one point, and I just, I don't know, the ups and the downs and the, you know, going with the market, that's a tough one. It is. It, uh, it takes some planning yeah. and having, having good, having a good team of, you know, money people. And I came from a marketing background. I worked in radio. I worked in sponsorship. Um, and so I kind of have compiled all of that into my business. So we're talking about kind of the overlooked. What are the overlooked? So one of the overlooked is seniors and they have a hard time getting out of the shelter. And unfortunately, we get a lot of people asking to bring seniors into the rescue because, you know, they don't want to take care of them in their old age. And that freaking sucks. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Makes us all grip our teeth and Get white knuckles, but you know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. And they have so much love to give. And they're great for people who don't want to do a lot with their dogs. Mm -hmm. Like just want a chill dog, sleep on the couch, cuddle with. Those seniors are great. Um, That was my first foster. Was it really? Yeah. Ramona was my first foster. Oh, that's right. Her owner had passed. Um, So she had, you know, some weight issues. Her claws were really long. She was kind of matted. So... We got her all cleaned up, and she was just the sweetest. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, I remember her. She was the sweetest little thing, and now she gets to hang out and go on walks by, you know, some cows and donkeys and ducks, and nice. she's very happy. Her name's Coda now. Coda, nice. Um, some of the other overlooked are, like, medical needs and special needs, and the reason why it's so important with those guys, so the shelters can't take care of the medical needs or the special needs. They don't have the capacity. They don't have the manpower. And, a spe- and the, the shelters are just not a place for that. Um, we get a lot of dogs from breeders and um, that they can't sell, which we'll go into that later. It drives me nuts. Um, but and then the special needs, a lot of times, the sooner we get them, the better so that we can start that training. Um, so tell us a little bit about Ozzy, your foster, and what kind of his special needs is. So Ozzy has what's called mega esophagus, and essentially that is either they have an inability to swallow or their esophagus gets dilated, whether they're born that way or it develops. And so there's some special things to take into consideration for their diet, how they eat, um, the position that they eat, and anything that's going to go in or near their mouths. Right. <laughs> right, which is definitely important. Yeah, Ozzy's a sweet boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so glad that we took him into the rescue. <laughs> 
I don't know yeah. who. Oh, that the was new, a little the one. New, the new guy. <laughs> Everybody is vocal today. Yeah. Um, so why it's important to get these guys into foster or adopters. Um, like I said, the shelters don't, don't have the means to take care of the special needs or the medical needs. Um, some of the rural shelters don't even have vets on staff. Mm-hmm. And so when the dogs come in and they've been hit by a car and need surgery, they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the deaf the blind get overwhelmed at the shelters and somebody like Ozzy would never survive at a shelter. They're just really, it's just a really tough time for them. They just don't have the time, let alone the resources because a lot of the special needs dogs, it takes taking them in and figuring out what's going to work for them. They all have very specific needs and with so many, you know, all the shelters everywhere are overwhelmed and they just don't have the manpower or the time to dedicate to figuring it out. Right. And luckily, they have some amazing volunteers and staff that really push to get these guys into good homes mm-hmm. and good rescues. Um, and that's super important. The other thing is, is the terrible breeders. And I just did a mm-hmm. podcast, the last one about that, about shitty breeders and good breeders, right? There's both out there. Yeah. But like this little guy that's laying at our feet, he is um, an Aussie and he came from a breeder that said they were going to shoot him if somebody doesn't take him. He is double Merrill mm-hmm. and he's blind and deaf. And again, they can't sell them. So whatever they can do yeah. with them. And we get a lot of those. Yeah. And if you're going to breed dogs, you should at least care about the dogs and not just how much money you're going to make. Absolutely. You know, there's a Judge Judy making the uh, clip making the rounds right now where she basically gives it to a woman who has been backyard breeding. And Good. So I'll send it to you. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it when people stand up for that because the backyard mm-hmm. breeders are so bad. There are, you know, every time I see there was someone in my neighborhood or groups um, on Facebook, things like that, people selling puppies for thousands of dollars. And it's like, why are you paying that much for an animal for one? I I don't understand it. The amount of money that that you're paying for an animal, you could save so many others or you you could, you could adopt an animal and donate the rest. You know, I had a client one time that um, they're beautiful animals, but she had two Maine Coon cats and they had paid $2,500 each. And in my head, I'm doing the math thinking you could have rescued probably 50 cats for that much. Well, think of how many cats they could have spayed or neutered. Exactly. And saved like a ton of the population. Um, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeti. Yeti. There's there's always good ways and bad ways about doing just about anything. But when it comes to dealing with lives, um, it's just really irritating when you when you see people just doing it for the money. I know, I, I know. You know, it's it's terrible. Uh, back to the topic. <laughs> that's a note. that's the other podcast. Go listen to that one. Exactly, exactly. I mean, we could go on for hours oh, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. um, and a lot of times, the vets will get dogs donated, well, donated, surrendered to them. And, you know, somebody brings them in and they can't afford the surgery. They don't want to deal with it. And so they surrender them to the vets. We get calls. I got a call the other night from um, a vet and they had brought in a mom and three puppies. They were like Mm -hmm. a day old. The puppy, one of the puppies had a laceration and they didn't want to deal with it. So they literally walked out the door and left the mama dog and the puppies there. And so the vets are like scrambling it was like nine o'clock at night trying to find a rescue to come get these dogs, but they can't take care of that. I mean, they took care of the laceration, but then what are they going to do? Yeah. So, you know, they already have five or six pets at their own homes. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so it's just this, you know, I'm, I'm saying all of this because it's so important for people to open their homes up to these special needs and to know that whether or not you're taking it from, 
um, a, a rescue, well, most of them come through rescues, um, you always have their support, right? Mm-hmm. Either as a foster or as an adopter. Mm-hmm. So with you being in PIPs, you'd had no experience with megasophagus. No. So what made you say <laughs> yes to Ozzy? Honestly, his face. He's so cute. <laughs> so my parents have had black labs since I was in middle school. And seeing his sad little black face in his chair, I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, and and it was one of those two where he was at a shelter. They couldn't really help him. And someone needed to take him. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't know what it was. Just something. I don't know. Yeah. Just my gut said, go for it. Well, and... It, I mean, it, 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 sitting in front of the director, but did you get the support mm-hmm. through the rescue? Absolutely. From you, mainly. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you were a great resource in the beginning as far as, you know, figuring things out, trying different things. It's like, you know, you can look around at Google and other things and the vet, but people who have actually worked with Mega E dogs like you have with multiple dogs, um, you really get it in some of the experimentation and some of the, the fallbacks. Right. Um, you know, and things that might happen that if it's not working, well, you know, you got to know how to clean it up. Right. A squeegee and a dustpan work really great. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, and, you know, having floors that aren't carpet is also great. Uh, yeah. You know? And it's it's just those little things that, you know, luckily, I you know, my floors were okay for that if it happened. And it did a few times. Um, but, yeah, you were really good to just ask questions or provide info that I just really didn't have any idea. But I was a sponge. So. Yeah, I mean... That's the thing. Like, I know people are a little overwhelmed with saying yes to a medical need or a special needs, but the re- the good rescues, because there are bad out there too, um, mm-hmm. the good rescues are going to support you through all of that and how, you know, to get through it and navigate it. But it's so important that we get more people that will step in and take these special needs and um, seniors and medical needs and all of that so that we can continue saying yes. Because I couldn't say yes to that mama and babies because mm-hmm. my house is full. Yeah. And, and I think everybody else, you know, no one, one was no one was stepping up. And I was like, you know what? Just some my gut just said, go for it. Yeah. You know? And so I knew my capacity at the time. I knew that, you know, my schedule being a realtor, it can be flexible enough where I can come home and, you know, do late lunch with him and, you know, do the three times a day and um, so for me, it, you know, it, it worked out where I was able to figure it out for him. And, you know, my daughter was old enough that, you know, I could work with her and she had already had a few fosters under her belt. Right. So, you know, so she got it too. So she's been a big help, um, and just acclimating. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's nice to have a dog, you know, she's four and a half now and, you know, she was almost four back then. But for her to be around the animals, them to be around her and kind of, you know, Ozzy really likes story time at bedtime. He comes and lays next to us and hangs out in her room and he doesn't want to leave her room. She has one of the loft beds. And so he likes to snuggle under there. And I'm like, all right, come on. We got to go, you know. (laughs) That's so sweet. So tell us like taking care of Ozzy. So we say mega esophagus and we just joked about the messes. Mm -hmm. But for somebody who doesn't Mm -hmm. know what mega esophagus is and what those messes are caused by, tell us a Mm -hmm. little bit about how you take care of Ozzy. Yeah. So the, the biggest thing that's, you know, to understand about the dogs is just honestly how gravity works Mm. (laughs) because you know true story yeah so the mega e dogs they sit in something that's called a bailey chair and it keeps them upright and it's kind of like a doggy high chair um it keeps them sitting up so that because they have this dilation in their esophagus it doesn't fully push the food into their stomach like it normally would so you get kind of a little pocket where the food can settle unless you get a vertical and it can go into their stomach um, and depending on the dog, there's different severities of it. Um, there's different time they have to sit in the chair after they eat. 
um, you know, you just kind of hang out with him, chat with him. He eats dinner with us, you know, right. next to us. So having the timer on for him is also good for my daughter too, because she's kind of a slow eater sometimes. So I'm like, all right, he almost, he's almost done. Are you done too? So, <laughs> so that's how dinner goes at our house. That's but, amazing. Um, but for one of the, one of the things to know about mega E dogs is that we talked about what you said, the messes, the messes are if they unintentionally regurgitate their food. And it's, it's not vomit, it's different. It is just the food that was sitting in their throat. It's not coming out of their stomach. And that usually will happen if, you know, they start jumping on couches and their head goes down or anything like that. It's pretty soon after they've eaten. Right. So for me, I block off the couches just as, on a regular basis now for Ozzy so he doesn't go up and down, which occasionally he'll jump it and do it anyway. Right. Because he's, he's lively sometimes. But, um you know, beds and things like that. So it's really mainly about just understanding the anatomy of it and knowing that if there's something in their throat, it could come out, their head goes down. Right. Um, and one of the, the things that is kind of odd when you think about it, but um, they can't really tolerate water, even if they're sitting up straight because the water can just easily come out too. Right. But oddly enough, I'll tell you, when I take him to the dog park, he inevitably makes it over to the water bowl and guzzles water but he runs and runs and runs and runs and runs around there because I think he's got some greyhound or something in there. Um, and the water doesn't come out. Interesting. So, it, so with him, yeah, so when he when he gets more activity and he runs around in the yard more, it actually is good for him. It kind of like works it into his stomach, I guess. Um, so it may not be the case for all Maggie E dogs, yeah. but in his case, it works out really well. Right, because each Maggie E dog is very different. Yes. See, yeah. I've had them where they tolerate water just fine. Yep. And some can, some of the ice cubes or yep. um, some people do the Nox blocks, which is the Nox unflavored gelatin. They basically make jello cubes. Yeah. And you can do it with chicken broth or apple juice, different things just to give it a flavor. Um, and that's one way to hydrate them. And that's kind of the, one of the hard parts about the Mega E dogs is just making sure they're hydrated even though they can't have water. So, but once you, once we figured out Ozzy mm-hmm. and how much... Did you have to change your life to accommodate him? I mean, honestly, not that much. Mm. You know, it's, you know, all he takes is somebody that can be able to come home and feed him at lunchtime. Right. Versus the normal, you know, beginning and end of the day. Um, And then just making sure you can keep him separate from the other dog's food and water. Which luckily, my other dog is small, so I've kind of set something up where she can crawl under a shelf around the gate to get to her food. So it's not too bad. But um, it's really not bad. And I think that's what people that I really want to get people, the general public to understand is that while they do have accommodations that these special needs need, it, once you get it, it's just kind of a normal thing. Exactly. I mean, in each dog, you know, if you have a three-legged dog, maybe a house with stairs isn't going to work, but... It totally could. Well, Keena's got three legs. She goes up and down yeah. stairs. She's faster than most of the dogs. Yeah. When I had, and I had Sicily this past spring before Ozzy. Excuse me, Yeti. Yeti. <laughs> Hi. Um, <laughs> when I had Sicily, you know, she had to get her leg amputated, but her leg before that was already kind of bum and it was not formed right. And so she did the stairs fine. And that right. day when we came back. I was trying to keep her downstairs, but she went right up those stairs and had no problems. She went outside and went to the bathroom. No, she was already used to not having that leg. Right. So it just kind of depends on the dog. But, you know, you figure out their their thing. Yeah. And even non-special needs dogs all have a thing. Absolutely. You know, some dogs are reactive. Some dogs are anxious. Some, whatever it is. Every, every dog, every person has their thing. Right. And so <laughs> it's just figuring out their thing and how to accommodate your life, which yeah. <clears throat> I don't think... I mean, I've taken in... 
hundreds maybe special needs of all different. And each one has something that I have mm-hmm. to figure out and potent but a lot of times I don't have to alter anything no. other than maybe feeding differently or crating differently. But it doesn't take a chunk of time out of my day, no. which I think some people they think special needs are medical needs and they think that they are going to alter their entire life. Yeah. They're going to have to spend hours doing this. And it's really not like in the beginning, figuring it out. And then it just becomes a daily routine. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, and I, you know, I've got it down where anytime Ozzy stayed somewhere, I literally printed it out as a word document and have it in like a screen protector that I put it in the bag and it's, you know, here's his feeding times, here's his medication times. Um, and that's one of the things too, you know, when the mega E dogs or any special needs dog, you know, with medications, things like that, they can't tell us what they need. So it is some experimentation in the beginning, but once you get, once you get it down, you know, he knows, he knows when I break out the little spoon that it's his medicine time and he's like, okay, sweet. I'm getting yogurt now. (sighs) So, you know, just like any other dog, he wants to play, he wants to run, he wants to snuggle, you know, and, and he is so good in a bath. I couldn't even believe it the other night. He was so good. Just kind of stood there like, this is nice. I'm like, well, yeah, if you get a massage, it usually is. Right. But um, but they're just like any other dog. I mean, honestly, it's just how he eats is different. Right. And his treats and toys are different. Exactly. And so I do encourage people. And like with us... <clears throat> We have different fosters that have experience with different things. So like Mm -hmm. we just took in those three swimmers puppies and um, one of our fosters, Angela, has done several swimmer puppies. Mm -hmm. So I connected them and she has been their mentor for that. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, again, when you go into a fostering in a special needs rescue like ours, um, you've got that support. And then Mm -hmm. even our adopters, they reach back out to us. Hey, this happened. Hey, this happened. What do you think about this? How do you think we should handle this? And we have a great support system for that as well. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's, uh, it's just so important for, I mean, fostering is important anyway. If you don't want to foster special needs or medical needs, I get it, Mm -hmm. but foster a dog without that. Yeah. But do consider somebody with a special need or medical needs because they're not that hard. You know, we've mm-hmm. had surgeries and there's some healing time, but you know, that's usually just crate time. You give them a bone. Yeah. They chill out in the crate. They heal. Everything is good. Rest, give them a little peanut butter and they're happy. Yes. <laughs> Keena's very interested in saying hello to you. Yeah. Hi. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that, um, you know, I started a special needs rescue, so obviously I advocate for them, but I think it's so important. And if you're on the fence about fostering, step into, you know, we're always looking for fosters at Perfectly Imperfect Pups. And you don't have to start with a special needs or a medical needs. You could just start with a dog without any of that, um, kind of get your feet wet or even become a temp foster for our special needs. Um, and then that way you can kind of only just take them for a weekend or a week and kind of get your feet wet on all of that. But know that you have the support, um, and know that, you know, you're, you're making a huge difference. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too, I know for me going into it was, okay, well, you know, what's my schedule like? What's my capacity? I, you know, I have a daughter, I have another dog, I have a cat. Like what are the things in your home that you're, you have to evaluate to be like, okay, this is the kind of dog I, I can't take that dog in but these are the ones I can. Right. Um, and, and so, you know. we always help with that. Like, yeah. you know, if you say, I want to do a special needs, we say, okay, let's talk about your life and mm-hmm. what what your capacity is. Yep. And helping figure that out. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess to recap, please foster. 
<laughs> yeah, we definitely, I mean, and, and you know, especially after the holidays, you know, and, and just year round even, but especially at the holidays, temp fosters are such a huge help. Yes. You know, I mean, especially we do have a lot of us that, you know, we have family out of town. I know I was gone for two weeks and we kind of split it up. Um, but, you know, having temp fosters just, you know, if you need to go away for a weekend, everybody needs to get away. Yeah. Everybody needs a break. And I think when you're a foster too, you definitely, you deserve a break every so often too. Definitely. You know? You know, a lot of folks have even more full houses than I do. And so, you know, having those temp fosters is a huge help just to let people breathe for a second. Sometimes you need to reset a little bit, yeah. whatever's going on in your life, because our lives happen too. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've all been there for each other with those types of things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, t- today I don't have, last night I didn't have Penguin. He went to a temp foster for the night because I had an event last night. And she was like, I'll just take him. And it was a huge break. It just, it resets you, it, you know, so those temp fosters are super important. So I guess in the end, consider taking one of the underdogs, the overlooked. And I, I personally think they're so rewarding, um, to watch them kind of bloom and come out of their shell and figure out that medical and all of that stuff. So as, as we watch the little one go after the, the other one's tail, I know he's starting <laughs> to open up. I still have to figure out a name for him. So again, consider taking the underdogs that overlooked. It's so rewarding. I think it's, it, it's so amazing to watch them bloom. Uh, Christina, thank you for being on today. I really appreciate thank it. You. Uh, and everybody, thanks for coming on the journey with us. I hope you think about taking one of the overlooked babies, um, and consider how you can help subscribe uh to the podcast uh and or on your favorite place to listen to podcasts um and fyi we are looking for some stories so go on to um realdogtalk.org um and um submit we're looking for what the fuck stories funny stories any good (laughs) stories about your dog fostering rescue um we want to share some of those stories makes people laugh make people go hmm what the fuck is all that about brag on yourselves and your dog exactly so go on to realdogtalk.org and find where you can subscribe and thank you everybody for coming and enjoy your day and thank you again christina thanks happy to be here